You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 51. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right, guys. So before we get started, some quick announcements. I really think just one announcement, right? Yeah, only one. Yeah, really just one right now, which is uh, we do just want to remind you guys, for those of you who are local to the DMV, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia, really Pennsylvania uh, area, we are having a kinky play party, New Year's Eve play party in Baltimore on New Year's Eve, obviously, which is shaping up to be a ton of fun. We've done this, what is this, like our fourth? This is our fourth year. Our fourth year, it's going to be at the Baltimore Playhouse, which is the the largest space, really, I think, on the East Coast currently. Yes. I'm um, in a very, very nicely equipped space and a great space with great people. So we're going to be hosting a kinky New Year's Eve party there. There's going to be play. There's going to be furniture. There's going to be really, I can't think of a particularly better way to bring in your new year than... Around a bunch of awesome kinky people playing, doing all the naughty dematri things and socializing. Yeah, it really yeah. seems like kind of the best way. We did just also have the suggestion that we should bring in the new year with somebody riding a symbian, which I think... I'm pretty sure that's actually going to happen. I know the symbian has now been I know you're saying you're pretty sure that's going to happen, but we'll just make it happen. That's not a hard... Yeah. That is not, that is not a hard thing. Well, we, we have gotten the confirmation the Sibian will be there. So now, you know, if you want to be a rider for New Year's, you can uh, let us know or you can be a rider in the new year or before the ball drops. Whatever. You can be a rider. Yeah. So it'll be fun. <laughs> so if you guys are in the area, really, um, I, I doubt you have anything better to do. Not because I don't think you're amazing people with amazing lives. I just don't really think there's anything better going on. So come on out. Join us. It'll be a great time. We're going to have a blast there. So with that, I think we'll just hop right into our topic for today. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about that's been going on that's interesting. You know what I think? Hmm. I think just because it's an adorable story, I think you should tell your story about your parents and Amanda. Oh, okay. Because really, that's just insanely cute. Okay. So it's kind of like a two-part story because I have to tell the first part for the second part to really make sense. It helps to understand the time frame. We're recording this shortly after Thanksgiving. It's been less than a week now since Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it was the week before Thanksgiving, and my parents had swung by the house. They were picking up Man Cub to take him out, and Amanda, Rigel, and I were here, and our partner, who we're kind of talking to, newish partner, was over and my father asked her about what she was doing for Thanksgiving and her family is far away out of state 
And she said, you know, I'm not going to be able to go see them out of state with work and all that. And my father was like, well, why haven't you guys invited her to Thanksgiving dinner? Which, first of all, points to my parents, right? Like, my parents are awesome for being so open-minded and whatnot. But that's not even the cute part yet. So my father basically invited our partner to Thanksgiving. Which we would have done, man. We were getting around to it. Lord. He, he stepped on in there and was like, hey, why haven't you invited this this, this lady to, to Thanksgiving? So two days later, I guess, somewhere in my father's brain, because my dad's a really awesome person and... A few days later, something must have been like brewing in the back of my father's mind. Like maybe he overstepped or should have asked us before inviting our partner or whatnot. But he he called me up and he's like, you know, I wanted to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, dad, what's what's going on? And he's like, you know, I'm concerned about Amanda and, you know, how she's doing with all this and it was okay that I in, I invited your other partner to to Thanksgiving, and I was like, "Yeah, Dad, it's totally fine." And he was like, "But I'm I'm also concerned, you know, is is Amanda okay with all of this?" And I'm like, "What, Dad?" And he's like, "You know, with the new person around and all that, you know, Amanda's just a very sweet person, and I would be very upset if 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 you know she was was hurt or, you know, she, she's just a good partner, and you know." I just, I'm, I'm concerned. And I took a minute and was like, that's so sweet that my father was thinking about Amanda. And then on the other hand, I was like, no, dad. Actually, Amanda started talking to the partner first. <laughs> and um, so uh, he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, what about, what about me and Rigel? And he's like, well, you guys will be fine. I know you're fine. But, you know, I was just concerned because, you know, we really like Amanda and she's really good to you guys. And I, I just wouldn't want to, any, want to see anything happen to that relationship. So cute. Very, Very cute. Very cute. Props to my dad. Yeah. So stupid cute. So that's where we're <laughs> at with it. All right. So let's hop into our topic today. What we want to talk about today is something that is kind of a... a disturbing trend that we're seeing i guess is really the best way to put this and you know it's 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 something that is something that a lot of people think and more than thinking is is a way that a lot of like poly people act in their relationships and this isn't like a poly specific thing right it's a like a relationship specific thing but it's something that we see a lot with poly people and it's something that's super common and it's seemingly harmless, but at the same time, it just really has disastrous consequences. And this is something that we're seeing more and more. And it's getting concerning to us in a lot of ways. So it's something that we want to address and bring up and hopefully get you thinking about, right, so that you can avoid making this mistake and avoid potentially where this goes. So let me kind of tell you the background to where this is coming from on our end, because I think that 
understanding where this is coming from. I think telling the story of why we're talking about this mm-hmm. is is potentially the most helpful thing. So you guys are probably aware by now that our primary thing that we do from a a paid end, right? Really the only thing that we currently do from a paid end is we coach non-monogamous people on how to build amazing relationships. And as a part of that, we talk to a lot of non-monogamous people. And, you know, we've kind of spit some numbers out, but we talk to every week somewhere between like 10 to 15 couples or groups that we've never really interacted with before, at least never talked to before. So we're kind of in a unique position of getting to have some and really in-depth discussions, right? This isn't like, I mean, we get a lot of messages on from like our podcast and we get people sending in emails asking questions and we get questions in our Facebook group for poly folks. I'm not talking about that. I mean, I, I can't count that up, right? I think a lot of people, whether it's on Twitter or uh, in other spaces, get you know, a large number of conversations that way. And that that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, 15, like in depth, over an hour, like serious heart to heart conversations about where people are at in their relationships, what's going wrong, where they want to go from there. So it puts us in really kind of a unique position to where we can see a lot of these trends. And we've, we've over, good Lord. I mean, so we, we've had what, well over a hundred of these calls this year alone right? I'd say more than that. Yeah, more than that. I haven't (laughs) run the numbers recently. We have a series of things that we hear consistently, right? And we're going to kind of go into these things. I don't want to quite qualify them as myths, right? Because they're not myths, but they're they're ways that people think about things in their relationships and ways that they approach their relationships. And so we hear kind of this consistent series of things we're going to talk about. And, And really what they boil down to is at the end of the day, in some fashion, I can wait to get help. Like things aren't going great. You know, maybe they're going badly. Maybe they're going horribly. We're on a current little break. Maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. But I know I need help and I'm going to take a break. And here's what's been interesting for us. We've known for a while that a lot of people are really right kind of on the verge of like whether or not they can make their relationships work. And, you know, this shows up for us. uh, It used to before we got a little better about like making sure we send people information. Like now when people book a call with us, we send out an email with like how to survive until your call. Because before we did that, we used to have a significant number of people who would break up before their calls. I think we actually talk about that on our training somewhat. Like we have text messages and all kinds of stuff. So we've, we've known that. But over the last little bit, the last couple weeks, we've started to reach out to people who uh, we talked to this year and who for whatever reason or another knew they needed help. We're reaching out only to the people who knew they needed help, not the ones we talked to and they were kind of like everything was dandy, uh, which happens occasionally. But the people who knew they needed help and for various reasons decided to postpone making that decision. And we wanted to check in and see how people are doing. And I'll let you kind of talk of this. And I don't want to quote exact numbers yet because we're still kind of tabulating and, you know, we might very well put them out in an email that goes along with this podcast. But the numbers, the number of people who we had talked to knew they needed help and and decided that they wanted it later and 
uh, or couldn't do it right now for whatever reason and decided that they wanted to do it later, uh, the number of those people, the percentage of those people more than the number who ha- have broken up is staggering to us. And I really honestly like was expecting a high number to begin with. And it's it's really... Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't expecting there to be a high number, but I certainly wasn't expecting it to be more than half, let alone like closer to a majority. Like that's <laughs> what was really shocking for me so yeah. far. So right now we'll just say more than half, but to be honest with you, thus far the numbers have actually been way higher than that. So once we have those numbers together, we'll you know, like I said, probably with this email, we'll, we'll put some of those out to kind of give you an idea. But, you know, this this led us to realize that there are a lot of reasons that people, when they know they need help, right, there's a lot of reasons that they justify. I was trying to think of a better word, but it wasn't coming to me. Waiting for a number of reasons. So we want to talk about these reasons, right, and talk about some reasons that are acceptable to wait until you get help, I guess. Uh, And more so the vast number of reasons that you should not wait when you know that you need help. Yeah. And the thing is for me that you, you use the word heartbreaking. I would say not only is it heartbreaking, it's frustrating because a lot of these people with talking to them and hearing what's going on with them, these aren't unfixable problems. These aren't things that can't be mended. These aren't things that can't be fixed, but they just waited too long. So for me, I'm going to be honest, there's some frustration there because I can see that it didn't have to go that way, right? So for me, you know, it is heartbreaking, but it's also just frustrating. And it seems like such a such a unfortunate thing to happen that didn't need to. And so the thing is, like, it can be really easy from the outside looking into this, right? To be like, well, what what what's wrong with these people, right? And and I'm saying that, like, you might be saying this yourself as you sit here and listen to this podcast, like, well, you know, what's wrong with these people? Like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't do this. Like, this is clearly just it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're in a position where you need help, like, you get help, right? But, you know, the thing is, is that we all do this and the numbers, you know, the numbers on this make it pretty clear that this, this isn't like something that only like people who are way out here in left field do. Like this is a a common thing that anybody can fall into. Yeah. And a big part of this, right? So there's, there's sort of two parts. The first is us as humans we have huge egos, right? So it takes a lot for us to go, gee, you know, we, we, we really do need help. Like we're really at the point where we need help. Like having to acknowledge that takes a lot of, a, a, a lot of self-courage to admit, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think there's another point here, which can be kind of interesting too, which is you know, we get invested in our identity sometimes, right? And I feel like as a poly person, and I've seen this with some people that we've talked to, you know, it's if you've been like in the community, you have poly friends, you're a part of poly groups, God forbid you run in some way, like or volunteer with anything. It's super easy to get invested into this identity of, well, I'm good at 
at polyamory, right? Like, this is who I am. Like, and it can be super hard to admit needing help in that position because it kind of diminishes your your stature in a way, right? Like, if we all had a horrible split tomorrow, that would be a, a difficult thing to navigate with how we're tied in with our audience and teaching <laughs> and our lives. It would. But you still have to reach out when you need to, right? And that's that's not something that makes you a bad person. But I, I just want to put that out there that one of the reasons is ego, right? It's that ego, that identity, that not wanting to put out there that you are in need. I think there's a second part here too that we we talk on quite a bit, which is it's kind of this combination idea that A, from the vanilla side of it, is relationships are supposed to come naturally, right? Like you're supposed to fall in love, right? It's it's the Disney story, right? Like if this is if this is destined to work, you're supposed to fall in love and things are just supposed to go well and they're supposed to work out. And you're not supposed to have to work at relationships. And then kind of the flip poly side to that, which is where you see a lot of poly people getting shamed when they're asking for advice which is the end of, well, if you're having this problem, if you're having issues with poly, if you need help, well, you just shouldn't be poly. Clearly, you aren't cut out for it. Yeah. Those things are, are, are definitely contributors. And they definitely bleed into why people get to that point. But there's one that I think that kind of stands out. And it's this idea of if it ain't broken, don't fix it. It's something we've all heard. A lot of times it's referred to when someone's talking about an air conditioner, but we apply that to our relationships and it's the worst mantra ever. And the reason is because nowhere else in life do we really, really apply this. So it's even more stupid when we start applying it to something as precious as our relationships. And I want you to think about this for a second, because how many times in life do we take a step in the right direction? before something is truly broken or the huge, huge disaster hits. So what I'm talking about with this is it's not that something isn't damaged and it's not that something isn't not working. It's that it's not completely broken. And we don't do that with anything else, right? Like if you have your car, right? You you get your 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 brakes ma- maintenance, right? You don't wait until you're sitting at that traffic light and your brakes don't work and you slam into the back of somebody. You get them fixed when you start hearing them squeak, right? <laughs> like think about that. At like, a minimum. <laughs> at a minimum, when your brakes start squeaking, you you go and get your car fixed. If you have a leaky pipe in your house and it's dripping, you don't wait until the sucker opens up. And you've got a flood. You don't wait until you come home to five feet of water in your house to call the plumber. If you have your dryer, right, and it's humming uh, a little bit, you go and figure out what's wrong with it before you blow the belt in there, right? Like if you don't know what that hum is, you go and check it out and you have somebody come in and take a look. And lastly, you know, even down the little things like doing something like changing your batteries, in your in your fire alarm. Like maybe your alarm isn't broken, but it's not a bad idea to change those batteries and know that they're working before your house goes up in flames. So what I mean by this is that 
we should apply these principles or this thought process to our relationship. Yeah, this is this is interesting to me because you and I had talked about this and it's one of those places like we're saying the same thing and we're thinking about it two different ways. And I think it's like our brains just working differently. But like, see, I view this, I find it more helpful for me to think of this as like, uh, you know, because I, I like to think about everything in terms of time and priority, right? And I always think of this in terms of, well, there's just more important things to deal with right now. Like this will last, I'll get to it when it gets to it, which isn't, and that, that's how that kind of works out for me with my brain. Yeah. And that, and, and, and with all of these things, it still applies, right? Like that leaky pipe, well, it's not at the top of my priority list right now. It'll drip and maybe, maybe my water bill will be a little higher, but at the end of the day, you want to get that pipe fixed before you have a flood. Well, and this goes back to, you know, we talk a lot about putting priority on your relationships, right? Your relationships being the most important thing in your life. And you have to give those relationships the priority that they deserve. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I had a coworker years ago I was talking to about uh, having kids. And, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, well, there's, we, we, I was talking, we were talking about kids and I told him, you know, well, it's, it's not a, it's not a good time now. And, you know, we had the conversation where he's like, well, you know, it's, it's never a good time to have a kid, right? You just, you decide you're going to do it and you do it. And I feel like it's kind of the same. It's never a good time to work on your relationship, right? You decide your relationship's a priority. You make the decision to put in that effort. And it's not that there's going to be a better time so much as there just might be no time later. So with kind of thinking of the examples that we talked about and sort of like the scenarios and everything, what this kind of looks like, there's three kinds of people that I end up talking to, right? And the first kind is the folks who like deep down, they they, they know, they didn't know that uh, disaster is going to hit, right? Like they 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 are the folks who are sitting there. Have the there. faulty brakes. Yes, they're they're the faulty brakes people. They're the ones that are like, if I don't get this fixed, it's going to be a collision, right? Like this is this is something that's going to be a big deal. But maybe there's this calm for a minute, right? There's this 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 tiny tiny piece of of time where you know we're not in a huge argument right now and. We're not throwing stuff at each other anymore, so it's we we can we can pressure through just a little bit longer. Maybe maybe it'll last a little bit. Maybe the brakes stop squeaking for a day. And so, what happens is they have this little bit of calm, but deep down they know it. And there's just a little tiny thing that happens. There's this little 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 spat, something like that, and boom, blow up. And 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 there you do. There, there right you back go. where they were. At. Yeah, it's 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 it's. They, they know this. Deep down, they, they, they know. So that's the first type of person. And the, the second type of folks are the folks who there's been some small problems, right? It's they're, they're sitting there and they know that they have these things that have been pi- piling up, right? There's the, the thing over here and maybe a little bit of jealousy there, maybe a little bit of confrontation here and there. There hasn't necessarily been that big blow up yet. It's not necessarily disaster is definitely going to happen fairly soon. But there's these things that in the background are festering and are burning and building. And the resentment builds up and the anger builds up. And then 
that's when the breakup happens, right? It's not necessarily as uh, they, they might have a little tiny bit more time. It's not as dramatic. Yeah. It, they might have a little bit more time than those first folks, right? Because it's building and building and building, but it's still going to have the same result. And then the last folks are the folks who at this point, you know, things are going good. They're jiving, but they're not prepared for when things go bad, right? It's really good to do well in your relationship when nothing wrong is going on, right? Like that's like that new relationship energy. And I'm not talking about that necessarily as is the only thing, but it's really easy when things in your relationship are fantastic not to have a problem. But really they have not gotten the tools to be able to handle if anything is thrown at them. So here they are, they're having their little happy lives. Maybe they open up their relationship. Maybe they're starting to see new partners. And boom, this problem happens. And holy shit, I'm completely blindsided. And that's where that comes from. Yeah. And I want to throw something in here that I think is important, right? Is all these people in these circumstances, this is something where they either know or should know that they're they're headed towards this situation, right? Like the people who like they're having blowups all the time and there's this little bit of calm. They know that calm's not going to last because it's never lasted before, right? Like it's not surprising to them. The people who stuff's building and building and building and building, you know, generally they're people who they it's been the same issues, the same issues they've been reapproaching, reapproaching, reapproaching. Things keep getting worse and worse and worse. And again, it's not surprising. And and the people who, you know, the this is what got me thinking about this. The people who like they're fine now, things are going well, but they're not equipped. You know, it's it's great for everybody to be equipped, right? Like we're all going to run into bumps in our relationships and it's all we should all have this idea that it's good for us to get the tools that we need to build the best relationships that we can and to overcome problems that are like inevitably going to pop up. But the people we're talking about here specifically, these are people who they know they're walking into a situation that they're ill-prepared for, right? Like, these are people who we talk to who are there like, you know, we haven't really done this open relationship thing before. Actually, let me give a better example. This is the more common thing that we get. We opened our relationship once like three, four years ago. It didn't go well at all. Like, it really just kind of erupted. We decided that we were going to, you know, just do monogamy for a while after that. We're about to reopen our relationship. We know we don't have the tools that we need to get where we're going. But they decide to put off seeking help and still go along that course. So none of these people, is this a surprise, right? And and the question is, I, I kind of want you to ask yourself as we're, we're having this discussion is, do any of these sound like you? Like... Do you know that stuff keeps blowing up and you're you're in this little lull and you know it's not going to last? Do you know that you have things that you just are unable to resolve and keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse? Uh, and do you know or do you know that like you're stepping into a situation that you're ill prepared for where you know there's going to be issues? And, you know, the thing that I think is funny about those three categories of people, I feel like the people who are most surprised aren't actually that third category. It's not actually the ones who they know they're walking into the situation. I feel like the ones who get most surprised by this are the ones who stuff is slowly building. Yep. Because like sometimes even without a big blow up, one day somebody's just like, I'm done trying. Yeah. There's that expectation of, well, it's been building. So what's different today than yesterday? 
And well, today versus yesterday is I finally met my capacity to be able to, be able to do this anymore. Yeah. So tapped out. Yeah. As we like to say, I'm, I'm tapped out. All right. So ask yourself if you're one of those kinds of people, like if that sounds at all like you, any of those things. Yeah, because it's important to recognize that. And if you are, to get the help you need. So when is it time to actually start looking, right? So you might say, I'm still a little slightly confused as if, if you know, I, uh, if I need this now. I will say thing A, if any of those three things resonated with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that would be the first thing that yeah. I'd say. Um. So if you're if you're still still on the on 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 the line with that, um, a couple of things to look at is this: if you have been trying to fix the same problem over and over and over and over again, and you haven't gotten anywhere, right? You've done the same thing over and over, and you know maybe this looks like okay. So, Rigel, we're going to work on no longer arguing about where time goes as far as our metamors and partners. Well, we, we chose to do that. And the next week, we're right back in the same place. And then the next week, we decide we're going to work on it. And it's right back in the same place. And I just use that as an example of a problem. But if there's a problem like that where... Well, we keep on trying to fix this problem, and every time we keep trying to fix this problem, we end up exactly in the same argument, the same issue, the same struggle over and over again. That's time to look for somebody else to help you with that. Yeah, I, people. so people tend to describe this to us in one of two ways I've found. Either they talk about progress and backsliding, progress and backsliding, progress and backsliding, or they talk about talking in circles, talking in circles, talking in circles. And the important thing to realize about this is this isn't necessarily arguments. Like this isn't necessarily combative uh, yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, it can simply just be never actually getting anywhere. Feeling like you're on that hamster wheel and just going around and around and around and around and not actually ever getting anything resolved. So, but... The other thing is if those things are arguments or even maybe you're not having circular arguments, but you're having arguments over and over again. Yeah. So this I want to I want to kind of clarify, right? We put these right after each other, but they're two different things. So the first thing is you're talking in circles, talking in circles, talking in circles, maybe arguments, maybe not. The second thing is you're arguing all the time. And the difference here is this may not be arguing about the same thing. This may be that you guys are arguing all the time about a whole variety of different things, whatever comes up, because you guys don't have, either because there's a lot of stress and built up hurt feelings, which we're going to talk about in a second, or because you guys don't have the communication tools to properly have productive any, yeah, any productive conversation around any like emotionally charged or difficult topics. And so... The next thing is, is whenever you are at a point where you need a drastic change. So this is those folks who are getting to that point. This is a good, good sign that you're getting to that tapped out point, right? Like I need a drastic change and I need a change now. And 
So if you're getting to that point where you need to get that drastic change before you're tapped out, it's a good time to reach out and get somebody else who can help guide you on that versus getting to that point of tapped out. Yeah. And the problem with that is a lot of times people, they'll get this feeling like we call it tapped out, but really genuinely what this generally what this looks like is I don't know how much longer I can do this. Right. Like that's that's how it sounds when you say it to yourself. And, you know, part of the problem with that is it genuinely is. I don't know how much longer I can do this because a lot of times that final straw kind of comes on in a surprise and like a snap. You're like, okay, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Oh, that was it. That was that was how much longer I could do this. It was now. <laughs> I, I feel like you should give a little more insight on this because like you actually talk to people all the time where this was the case, like people who. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking specifically here of like the people that we've talked to were either they had calls booked and between the time they booked the calls and the time it was time for the calls, they, you know, or the ones who like, you know, occasionally like people who they're like, well, I want to follow up on this in a few days. And you follow up in a few days like, oh, yeah, no, I we just couldn't do it anymore. So generally, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking in, in generals because, you know, everybody has their individual story. It ends up playing out in a way of I have recognized, I have recognized. So what I the key point there is I have realized that this is something that I am unsatisfied and unhappy with or just not able to continue going on. And the funny thing is, is I, I wish I could say, you know, it's this one thing that makes people snap or it's this one thing that finally is, is sort of like the causer and, and a determinant. And, you know, I've had people who, you know, talk to me and they were talking about being tapped out. I've had one who the partner left the cheese grater in the wrong spot in the house and that was it. She was done. Yeah. And so there, there, isn't, there isn't this defining thing, right? It's that moment of I've given and I've given and I've given and I'm, I'm, I, I deep down I want and I want and I want and I need and I need and I need. And I just don't have it. Yeah, it's it's usually one of those like straw broke the camel's back type situations. You're sitting there and you 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 hear it like especially when it's a situation where we're like we've talked to people before and like we've been through this and this and this and this and this and it's like okay and then get back on the phone like a few days later it's like oh we broke up over this it's like really that that was the thing <laughs> that was the thing that was the thing. <laughs> so and the reason I want to stress that is because it's important. If you realize you're getting – like if you're getting this feeling of I don't know how much longer I could do this, the answer might be tomorrow. Like you don't know. And more I think than anything else that we're talking about here in this group of things, that's a sign that you need to seek help like immediately in that way because all these things, you're, you're getting to that point where it's like you need help now, but that's genuinely something where it's like – no, really, like tomorrow might be too late. Like you might need a call today. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, and I, I'm speaking from experience here. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean by like the cheese grater is, is literally it can be something so tiny and insignificant that was finally the last thing to give. So the next thing is Cassie was calling these the bad feels, right? But you're feeling un, like you're consistently feeling unfulfilled, unhealthy, resentful in your relationship. And 
you know, these are things that are problematic. They're things that are going to generally lead to one of these other problems, right? Like it's really more a what do you notice first, but like these are going to lead to not being able to get through any negotiations or arguing all the time or feeling tapped out. Like that's where this is heading. Maybe like a slightly earlier warning sign of some of these other things. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's an it can be an earlier warning sign, but I think it can also be parallel with the other things. Yeah, it's well. one of those like self-aware, like what kind of person are you to what do you notice first? Do you notice the arguments first? Or are you more of a person who notices your feelings first that's causing yeah. the arguments? Like yeah. chicken and egg type of, yeah. so type of deal. It can be if you're if you're if you're like very in tuned with your emotions and your feels. Um but also it can run very parallel. Yeah. So the like last one that we're going to really touch on um, that are like blatant things, right, is we talked earlier about that like embarking on a journey where you don't have the tools. This is a point where you probably want to get help, right? There is no better way to destroy something that's a good thing than to do a bad thing to it. Right. So like it, it, it sounds pretty clear and, and, and easy, but it, there's no better way to damage something that's good than to do something and not have the tools and the understandings to do it. Yeah, guys. And this is something where your relationship can be going perfectly well. Like you can be completely happy. Everything can be great. If, but if you know you're about to undertake a major transition in your relationships, but I'll let you give some examples of that. I mean, the obvious one is opening up a relationship that has previously not been open or forming romantic relationships in a relationship that previously has just had open sexual relationships. But, you know, guys, it doesn't it doesn't matter how well things are going. Like if you know that you're about to make a major transition, you know, you're potentially walking into a minefield. And I'm not saying don't do it. Definitely do it. But make sure that you you have the tools that you need to make it through that journey. So I think without spending a ton of time going into things, I think the examples you gave are really good. So, you know, it's that idea of we're getting ready to make a huge change. This isn't what we've been doing in our relationship. It's something that is new. We haven't had practice at it. Or something that we did before and it imploded miserably. Yeah. So... And guys, if you did something years ago and you did it badly, that doesn't mean you have experience. That means you have bad experience. <laughs> you have bad tools. Bad experience does not equal good tools. So yeah, those, those were some good examples of that. So here's the thing, guys. If anything that we've said so far has resonated with you, whether it was like, you know, those three types of people that we talked to run into this problem or any of those things that we just said. That is a sign that it is absolutely the time to look for help outside of yourself. And I just do want to throw in here, right? Like we get people all the time who aren't in those situations who come through our program. It is a great thing to you have a good relationship to want to improve it. And it's outstanding. I think everybody should do it. I think everybody should always be trying to make their relationships as good as possible. So that, you know, you can definitely look for help if you don't fall into one of those categories and you can get a lot out of it. But if you fall into one of those categories, it's not the time to wait. So we've talked a lot about like the consequences of, of what could happen. And, and statistically, does far too often. 
Yeah. Which is but, why we're doing this podcast in the first place. So with that, we kind of want to give you guys some things to keep in mind. So the first one is that there there may very well not be a later, guys. And I, you know, this week for us has been week and a half, I guess now, has has just been really heartbreaking. Like seeing all of these people who had problems that were very solvable and who people who have been together for years, who have lives intertwined, who have houses and kids and, you know, built lives together. And, and, you know, some who have, some who haven't, but, you know, regardless have built relationships and, and, you know, most of the people that we talk to have invested a significant amount of time. And just to see all these people who broke up, who didn't have to, because they thought they could wait. Like they thought that they'd get around to it when they got around to it. It's been incredibly heartbreaking. I mean, you really do need to realize that if you don't give your relationships the attention they need, if you if you keep finding things that are more important and and putting fixes something that you know needs to be fixed or that you know needs attention off to later, guys, there may not be a later. Like tomorrow might not come or it might come and your partner might be in Texas. So, I mean, just keep that in mind, guys. Like if you know you need help, don't wait to reach out. I can't say it enough. I just don't want to see. I know we're going to see more of these, you know, but I would I would really like to see less. So the second thing that I, I want to hit on is that. There's there's sort of this uh, saying, right? And I've heard it in like the nurse community, which is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And so for those of you who might be the ones who are embarking on that journey, right? And things aren't necessarily messed up right now. I want you to really take that with you because the prevention being the tools, the preparation, things like that, is worth so much more than having to repair damage that could happen later. So guys, I just want to let you know that with that idea of preparing yourself beforehand, it's just a lot easier. It is is so much easier to learn from other people's positive experiences and mistakes so you don't have to make them. Like, these are things that, you know, can really help you not have to face going into something and and having blowups and things happen that don't need to. So just kind of keep that in mind, that idea of that ounce of prevention versus that, that whole lot of cure. Another thing I want to kind of talk about as far as things to think about and to kind of kind of keep your, your you, you, you thinking about these things, guys, is that I have folks right now, and I know it, I know I'm, I'm pointing at you who are sitting there who are like, well, you know, but really, really, Cassie, what, what's going on right now is there really is this this calm and we're, we're, we're not arguing right now. And why not, you know? Why would we want to agitate something, right? And, and what I want to tell you guys is this. And, and I get this. I get this from people that I talk to who are like. You know it's not going to remain calm. 
Fair, that's my two cents. <laughs> right? You, you know this is not how it's going to stay. And really what you're doing is, is you're saying, well, I'm just going to ride out this calm for a minute. And really that is the best place for you and your partner to actually be working on your healing and growth. So what you're doing while you're taking that pause and you're waiting and you're procrastinating is you're blowing the best opportunity for the fastest and best growth that you could have. It is so much easier to start working on those things when you're not picking up the pieces of your relationship that have fallen apart. So guys, like seriously, if you're sitting there going, but, but, but it's calm, I don't want to agitate things. You are doing the opposite of what you should be doing right now. It's a lot easier to talk to your partner about needing to make a change when things are calm because it doesn't come across blamey or argumentative or yeah, it's just, it's better. <laughs> so if you're sitting there and you're one of those folks, I, I know who you are, not really, but it's one of you and you're sitting there and you're saying it's calm, this is the time. Like this is the time to start being a little proactive, taking those steps, doing the things because it will be so much easier for you. Guys, you don't just have to have hope, right? Like hope hope is nice. I saw a a meme a while ago. There's been variants on it, but there's like there's there's like my my cat's hope, it's useless. There's also the like prayers and wishes. And <laughs> thoughts and the thoughts and prayers thoughts dogs, and, yeah, cats, cats. Cats. Um but but there's there there's this idea of, you know, I'm I'm just going to hope that while while you know there isn't a blow up right now while things aren't while things aren't literally on fire i'm going to wait and i'm going to hope that it stays this way and what that is is you haven't actually fixed the problems you haven't actually gotten out of that circular conversations you haven't resolved the the agreements you can never make you haven't gotten to a place where you're not actually resentful with your partner and what you're doing is you're hoping. And, and hope can be nice when we're actually following through with it. When we're saying, you know, I hope this and I want that. And I'm going to take some intelligent action to get there. So what I want you guys to realize is that I, I don't want you just to hope. Like, I don't want you to give up hope. Because I, I, I think there's, for 90% for of the people that we talk to, there is an opportunity there for their relationship to be something amazing. So keep that hope, but it, don't rely on it. Like hope is only going to get you so far. Working on things, doing something, seeking out the help you need, that's actually what's going to get you the rest of the way. The hope only gets you 10%. So the last thing that I kind of want you to keep in mind if you're you're in this spot, right, is you may be in the case, you may be like, yeah, you know what? We do need to be doing something different. And okay, so we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And, you know, we're going to do these things. I can give you any, any, any batch of things, you know, instead of reaching out for help. And the not Albert Einstein quote, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. But the fact of the matter is, guys, if you're in the spot where you realize that you need help, Right. Really, any of the people that we've talked about during this whole episode, any of those categories, any of those things where you you you've listened to that and you're like, yeah, that's me and I need help. 
The fact of the matter is, A, you already knew you need help, needed help, right? Like, I mean, we may have kind of pointed it out there, but you already know it. But B is, the reason I'm pointing that out is because this isn't a new problem, right? This is something that you've been struggling with in most cases. And what you're doing this far hasn't been working. Whether that's trying to solve the problem on your own, whether that is reading books, whether that is, yeah, listening to all of your uh, your family and friends telling you how you should run your relationships. And we have an episode that I'll link to in the show notes about uh, free advice and, you know, the cost of free advice and getting your, your advice from family and friends. Whether that's, you know, you've been going to therapy with some particular person who doesn't really have a good grasp on on polyamory and the particular problems that you're going through, whatever the case may be, wherever you're at, if you're in this position where you feel like you need help, whatever you're doing has not been working. It's not going to suddenly start working. And, you know, as I hope we've made abundantly clear during this episode thus far, if you don't start doing things differently and finding something that does work, there's a good chance that your relationship isn't going to last. So what I want you to do is I want you, if you're in this position, I want you to reach out for help. And, you know, I don't, I don't really care who it is. I don't care if it's us. I don't care if it's somebody else. I think we're the best at what we do, right? Clearly, that's why we're on here. But if it's not us, somebody, but you need to reach out to somebody who is a professional, who understands the challenges that you're facing, who understands the changes that you need to make, who has successfully guided people through what you're going through before and who can break you out of what you're currently doing and give you the help that you need. If you do want to talk to us, uh, we do offer free calls to discuss what's going on in your poly relationships and the challenges that you're facing and where you want to go and how to get there. And if you'd like to set up that free call with us, you can do that at atouchaflavor.com forward slash call. So you might still be thinking about putting things off because that's sometimes what people do. But I got to tell you guys, like, what really do you have to lose, right? Like, wouldn't it be better to do something and find out geez, I, I, I really didn't need that, right? Like maybe, maybe, maybe the problem really wasn't that big. Let's, let's just, you know, go along with that train of thought. And you find out, well, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, things are, 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 are not as bad as they appear. Maybe you get on the phone with us and we're like, yeah, you, you're, you're fine. You didn't need to talk to us or really to anybody. Keep trucking. Yeah. And and the thing is we, we do, do have that. we have folks that are that that have done that. I have I've talked to people who have all their little duckies all in a row and they had this maybe little tiny little thing that needed a band-aid. Or right? they just wanted to check and see if all their ducks were in a row. Yeah, or or they just wanted to check up on it. So by doing that, what are you really losing? Right? Like would it not be better to know, hey, you know, we've taken a look at this and actually things are all right versus spending the time waiting 
and regretting it later. And as we said, we, t- we talk to folks all the time and occasionally we get folks who are in a good place. And the worst thing you did was waste an hour, guys. So I want to leave you with some food for thought. We don't wait until we have sun poisoning to go put sunscreen on. We don't wait until our teeth are turning black and rotten out of our face before we set up a dentist visit. And we don't wait when we're ill until the very last breath that we have in our body to call and make that doctor's visit. What we do is we try to prepare ourselves so that we can prevent the worst. And even when something might not be a huge dynamic problem right now, if it's not healthy for us, if we or our loved one is in pain, we go out, we seek help, we fix it. We don't let it fester until you know, it gets to a point where it blows up. It may seem like getting help is a waste of time and effort when things in your life are going all right right now, okay-ish, they're calm. But the truth is when things are not falling down around you, it really, as I said before, is the best time to work on the healing and growth in your relationship. If you think your relationship could use a little help or really could use a lot of help, (laughs) either or, you can go ahead and go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash call and uh, you can set up a consult with us and we'll chat and we'll talk. So go ahead and do that and we'll talk soon. So guys, just thank you for joining us tonight. You know, we really appreciate you guys taking the time and you guys have been around a little while. You know, we don't really like the the fear-mongering like beating the fear mongering into the bush, right? They're like, oh God, you're going to break up. You're going to break up. You're going to break up. But you also know that um, we call it like we see it, right? Like we try and be straight up with you guys. And uh, uh, the numbers don't lie on this, right? Too many relationships don't last. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what we're going to share with you guys. Even when it's... uh, It's not comfortable for us to say, and it's probably not comfortable for you to hear. But again, we appreciate you joining us. We're going to do a little bit more of a uh, less serious-ish topic next week. Yeah, we're going to be talking about some finding a a good old dominant for yourself. Do they have to be an old dominant? No, they can be just a... A sexy dominant. How to, how to find a dominant for yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> tune in, guys, and thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF-1. A little sweeter to you. Hey, microphone holder. (laughs) Do you need help with it? (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) Uh, Give me me a sound check. (laughs) You're on your own. (laughs) You played right into that.